Welcome back to part two of our Good Friday and Easter series, Our Present Suffering and What It Means to Be Resurrection People. Today, we focus on hope and how the resurrection influences how we lead and live and influences our decisions at home, work, church, in relationships, and how we confront injustice and racism. Join us as we reflect on Jesus' death and celebrate His resurrection. Welcome to See, Here Love, and we're back for part two of our Good Friday Easter series called Our Present Suffering and What It Means to Be a Resurrection People. Well, last week we focused on Jesus' suffering and how our suffering identifies us as children of God and that we are more like Christ in our moments of suffering than we realize. And today we focus on Jesus' resurrection and what it means to be a resurrection people, a resurrection community in our church, in our leadership, in the marketplace, in our jobs, in our everyday decisions, and as we confront injustice, inequality, and racism. I'm so thankful that our panel of pastors are back with us again this week to share their authentic and powerful thoughts with us on the resurrection and share some encouragement to those who are struggling with believing and even comprehending the death and resurrection of Jesus. So let's get started with these leaders, teachers, and pastors, L. Pike, founding member of the New Leaf Church Planting Network and a lay minister with the Free Methodist Church of Canada. We also have Chris Chase, the lead pastor of the Meeting House New Market and an ordained minister for over 18 years of experience in pastoral ministry. We have Karina Shea with us, lead pastor of Parkway Forest Community Church, a diverse multicultural church community in Toronto with over 25 years in pastoral ministry. And finally, Jen Barnett. She's the lead pastor at the Well Church in Kelowna, BC, who has ministered Ontario and Australia in a variety of contexts. So here we go. Part two, what it means to be a resurrection people. Well, we're back with pastors and ministry leaders, Al Pike, Jen Burnett, Karina Shea, and Chris Chase, as we continue our conversation as we approach Good Friday and Easter. And we just talked about uh, the suffering of Christ. And now we're going to talk about what it means to be resurrection people and community today. So, Jen, I want to start off with you. Uh, for some people, it's a very, I've never heard of resurrection people in community. What are you, what are you talking about, Melinda? Uh, maybe you can give us some insight, like sort of a definition of it and how that works uh, in your own life, being a resurrection person. I think that being a resurrection people begins with looking at the miracle that the resurrection is and the idea that death isn't the end of the story. Um, but just the turning point of the story. And so I like to carry that truth around with me. Um, and I think being a people, a resurrection people means carrying that truth. And you look at situations and nothing is hopeless. There isn't even such thing as hopeless um, that you look at it and you go, this may be hard and I'm not going to pretend it isn't. But you look at it and go, but God sees it as having potential that the God of the impossible never looks at anything, at anyone and goes, eh, I give up. He goes, I see the potential and I will call it out of you. And so I think that carrying that hope and even that expectation that things can be transformed um, and be 
re-imbibed with life is, is a key um, identity feature of being a resurrection people. And Jen, for you personally, how does that translate into the work that you do, you know, not just as, you know, a pastor, but, you know, within your own family, what does that mean uh, to be a resurrection person? I think it's, um, I think it's always looking for the gold in the situation, the gold in the people. So, you know, even that image of like mining for gold is like, it's messy and there's muck on it. And you might pick something up and go, this is gross, but going, I know there's gold in there and persisting in the work of um, cleaning it, of naming the best about it, of calling the best out of people, believing that that beauty is in there. Um, and I try to do that with my kids when, you know, even when I'm tired and a little bit grouchy, I try to look at them on, on even their messy days and go, I see in you what God is drawing out and it's good and invite them to live out of that truth and not out of the truth that is the mess as well. Mm, I love that, Jen. So the mining out to look and find the gold, but it's messy. It's work. It's yeah. work to do. And I love what you said about that everything is, is hopeful. You know, it's not hopeless. We can always see the hope in something, even though it's hard. And I think even for my own life, I've seen that where it was hard and difficult and it was messy and I could not see any goodness out of it. And then I look back now and I was like, oh, there is always the goodness in it, the learning, uh, the character refining. So I love that. Thank you for that explanation and meaning. Karina, for you, a resurrection people in the context of church, and as a church leader, what does that mean for you? Sure, thanks. Yeah, you know, for some, it really does simply mean that death doesn't hold the final say, and that's enough. But I think really to be a resurrection people, you know, it really means that we're not just found and forgiven, but we're actually a people transformed by the Holy Spirit, which means that we're actually about the same work um, of, as Jesus, of redeeming and refining and renewing. And, you know, it's really about the power of God to bring life where we expect or have experienced death. And for the church, I think what that means is that we have to continue to learn every single day what it really means to be the hands and feet of Jesus in every way. You know, the world runs away from suffering, but the church, because of Jesus, we run towards suffering. And as Christ's followers, I think we are the people who need to be found in the very places that suffering is at its most intense, not being afraid because we actually know that we don't have to be afraid because we have Jesus. You know, we have an anchor and we have a hope and we have a foundation and a trust that doesn't change the way everything else changes in our world. Everything around us changes on a dime, but, but Jesus doesn't. So, you know, the idea of practicing resurrection, Eugene Peterson talks about that, right? It's a daily obedience and it's a daily discipline and it's a daily surrender in the church, learning how to do that, uh, not being inwardly focused, but externally focused. You know, one of the activities I, I had asked the church to do one day pre-COVID was I said, you know, form a circle. And everybody got up and they formed a circle. And almost all of them faced inward and one or two faced out. And we have to be uh, a people, a resurrection people are people who form a circle 
facing outward, you mm-hmm. know, so that we can learn what it means to love one another the way Christ loved us, so that we can learn what it means to encourage one another and confess our sins to one another and build each other up, you know, especially in the face of despair and turbulence and justice, sorrow, to really participate in the suffering of others so that people actually experience Jesus through us, you know, Christ in us, the hope of glory. It was St. Augustine, right? He says, we are an Easter people and our song is Alleluia. And it's not that, uh, that means that we live in constant perpetual victory. (laughs) You know, we're not always uh, enjoying life, but what it means is that we're a people who understand uh, that this isn't the end, that the one who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it, that we know who holds the future, you know, and while that, you know, that sounds a little corny, it's also true, <laughs> you know, and so we're really thankful for that. And so as the church, um, being a resurrection people means understanding that being transformed by what Jesus did on the cross means that we begin to look at the world through his eyes mm-hmm. and love what he loves and hate what he hates and, you know, care for the sick and care for the orphaned and the widowed, the one who has no voice, the one who is isolated or on the margins, right? That we not be inward facing, but outward facing. Yeah. Oh, Karina, I love that. I think that circle with the outward, I think, you know, for many and many experiences, the church has been very inward. It's been our kind of sacred, you know, family bubble. And anybody that doesn't look like us or is like us, you know, doesn't belong. And and that's been the criticism of the church that people have felt like they they have not been invited to the the cool kids clique. And yet, when you when you actually visually, you know, said that it's outward, looking outward, seeking those that that need to be reminded of hope and 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 love that is found in Christ. You know, versus we're always kind of maintaining. Uh, inward and, and, you know, building that up. And it's like, I think we've lost a lot of like outward looking. So that's a beautiful picture for resurrection people within the context of church. Thank you so much. Now, L, you have a unique role. You plant churches, uh, you are ministry leader as well. And you're also in tech and in business, you're a businesswoman. How does a resurrection people or you as a resurrection person, how does that impact and inform in the in the work you do uh in in vocation and in your life and i think it's because you're kind of coming outside of church into kind of the everyday mm-hmm. what an easy question melinda <laughs> i know that's what i do al <laughs> yeah it's interesting you know um it's in our DNA to believe that something dies, that something is buried and that something new is reborn as, as Christ followers. That's, I would think that's supposed to be in our DNA, but um, that's the death part is difficult <laughs> for a lot of us. Um, you know, I probably sound like a broken record, but I, I, I've talked a lot in a lot of spaces about um, the decline narrative in the Canadian church Um You know, there's been articles that the CBC has put out in the last few years about, you know, we're going to lose 9,000 buildings in the next uh, 10 years. My guess is COVID has probably increased that number. Um, We have sociologists in Canada who give us stats about, um, 
you know, those who say they have no religious affiliation being the fastest growing religious designation in Canada. So if you're paying attention, um, something's dying here in, in, in Canada. And uh, I just so happen to be a person that is uh, excited about what is actually going to be reborn here in Canadian soil. Um, I, be I believe in us as Christ followers and not just people who are in ministry circles. I, I believe in people who are leading in business and who are leading in the nonprofit sector that if we pay attention to our Canadian context and we continue to sow good seeds, that something new will be born, that that resurrection spirit of Christ will will manifest itself in a beautiful way. And it is already here. There's good news stories. It's already, uh, the spirit is wild and loose in, in our in our country in beautiful and unexpected ways. But I, I think the question that really resonates with me and someone else asked me this, so it's not my own, but um, how am I affirming and living the resurrection every day? Um, you know, I affirm it, I think, when I when I stand up for those who are forced to be on their knees. Uh, I, I, I affirm it and I, live it out when I'm speaking up for people who don't have a voice, when, when I'm making a decision in business, I, I could make, you know, maybe, maybe a slightly, not a, not a terrible decision. Maybe it's not going to be the best. And I, I decide, no, I'm actually going to make the integrity, integrity filled decision here in this moment. That's when we affirm, I think, and live out the resurrection. And so um, I think being a resurrection people looking for the new that's going to be there. Yes, we still long, we groan for Jesus to come back. But I think if we have eyes to see and if we have ears to hear, the spirit is doing something new. We, we're, I think the church in Canada, as, as Jesus followers, we really have to start to lean into that resurrection spirit of Christ. Because I think, I think the time is ripe for something new to be born in our midst. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what that looks like in the coming years. Mm. Elle, I love that because many of us are afraid of death and new, right? Like we, we like what we like. We like what we know. We like what's comfortable. And so in hearing that, it kind of makes me go, ah, but with death comes new life. And I think, you know, I think you're right. We're, we're really at this precipice here in Canada of what is the church going to look like? What are we as resurrection people going to do? and say and serve and live this out. So it's a real call to us, but I think it's a, it's a grand and great opportunity for us. Like imagine if all the churches and the people that follow Jesus were like, we're gonna do this. Imagine what this nation would look like. Imagine the kids that are adopted, uh, the, the things that are changed, policies that are changed, uh, you know, less homelessness, people eating, um, systems that work and, and don't perpetuate, you know, oppression and violence. Like, think about that. And if we all decided to do that, what it could look like. So that is just a great reminder, again, to get us motivated, you know, and, and sort of rallied to, to be a resurrection people. So, Al, thanks so much. It's fantastic. Hey, it's Chris, friend of See, Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See, Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. You know, Chris, with you, um, a resurrection people, a resurrection person, as we confront injustice and inequality, and racism, and this is a big one for for me at See Here Love because it's something we've been talking about, uh, 
you know, since we started the show, uh, what that looks like. So your thoughts on as a resurrection people, what does that mean then as we look and confront these issues? When we look at the life of Jesus through all four gospels, he has this habit of standing up for the underdog and the victim. It's, it's his calling card. And one of his prayers in John 17 is that his followers would do the exact same thing that we out of the resurrection would catch his heart and do the same thing for those around us. And when I think of that for myself as, as a person of, of color who has, who has to navigate that truth, this, this doesn't come off at the end of the day. It's not a, it's a, a costume. It's who I am. Um, knowing that my children have, have that as well. Um, recognizing that there are others who are, who experience that um, the the injustice of of when it comes to gender, when it comes to pay scale, when it comes to all these sort of various various things that have been created around us, Jesus stands up for the victim. Jesus stands up for for the one who is hurt. We've heard it a, a couple of times that we would stand up for the one who who is forced on on their knees, the, for the one who is victimized, and to recognize injustice is to have a healthy view of justice justice is jesus justice is his heart it's his love um as much as it is brought to us by way of, of laws and rules that govern the state and province that province that we, we live in it is jesus who is justice and i think of jesus turning over tables because there were certain people who couldn't afford offering <laughs> And he's like, you're, you're, you're robbing them of being able to come and worship me. You're making it about a business when it's about the heart of these people and they're unable to do that. So when it comes to the area of, of judging somebody based on their skin and a stereotype that you have in their mind or their gender and the stereotype that you have in their mind or their class and the stereotype that you have in your mind, Jesus takes all that stuff and he turns it on its head. Every single time. It's never about that with him. It's about the person. And Jesus asked more questions than he gave answers. Jesus would spend so much time. The only time he gave answers were to the religious leaders who thought they knew everything. But to everybody who was, who was on the fringe, on the margins, he asked questions. And you go back to what Karina said about people looking outward. If we're looking outward and we're asking questions of the people who are around us and we're learning their stories, that's us being resurrection people. Because then when they're giving answers, we're able to say, well, let me tell you about one who can. Let me tell you about one who is greater. Let me tell you about one who can transform your life, who can bring wholeness and healing and wisdom and strength and love. What ends up happening is we, we love truth of the hammer. The problem with that is that people only remember the hammer. Nobody remembers the truth. They only remember the hammer. And if we combine this grace and truth, this truth and love concept, maybe in our lifetime, these ideas of racism don't become popular like they are right now in our day. Maybe these things like gender inequality, they're not popular like they are in our day, but there's actual equality for, for everybody because we're living by the justice of Jesus. I, I, not to, to run on sentence it, but... This past summer, we saw young people across the world protesting about injustice. And the question needs to be, where were the resurrection people? 
where were the resurrection people as young people all over the place were saying something needs to be done, something needs to be different. Where were we? Were we at the forefront or were we on the side handing out water bottles because we didn't want to get involved? Or were we at our pulpit saying, well, let me tell you something about this organization or that organization. And maybe that's why things die. But we just heard it from Al. Things die so other things can, can grow and begin. And maybe this is that Good Friday, Easter Sunday sort of thing. Buried new life. That's my <laughs> long-winded thought on that. Oh, it's good. Well, listen, you know, when you say that, it's like, those kids, those young people were actually resurrection people <laughs> in how they were acting and standing up and being a voice. And again, I just got gooseys all over me because as, I, as you expand on that idea, God will use anybody. Mm-hmm. God will use those that are willing and courageous and obedient and will step up no matter the cost. And so it is a call out to us, Chris, because where were we? Where was I? And where, what does that mean? Man, this is so, so good. Didn't they explain what it means to be a resurrection people so well? And it really got me thinking, imagine if we all lived that way, hopeful, hope-filled, loving toward ourselves and others the way of Jesus. Well, the panel will be back with us for their encouragement to those who don't believe or can't comprehend the Easter story. But first, if you haven't ordered our new See Here Love book, Always Know, a collection of brave stories and words from 50 contributors who have been guests on our show, now is your chance. And... One of our main sponsors, Canadian Bible Society, shares about the importance of scripture for our daily lives. And we give you an opportunity to join our See Here Love community through our weekly newsletter and devotional and sharing our podcast to your friends and family. From the host of See Here Love, Melinda Estabrooks and 50 of her guests and friends comes the book, Always Know full of stories of lives that are inspiring, wise, and life-changing. God hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears the longing for connection. He hears the cries of pain that you're experiencing, and He loves you deeply. This month, with your ministry gift of $25 or more, or when you become a new monthly donor, request your copy of Always Know. It is a collection of stories to help you today in the things that you're struggling with, the things that you are confronted with. And I know that these stories will encourage you. Call 1-800-265-3100 or visit crossroads.ca slash always know or seeherelove.com slash always know and request your copy. The world is changing, but the Word of God remains unchanged. We're back with our pastors panel of Elle Pike, Chris Chase, Karina Shea, and Jen Burnett. As I ask them this final question, what is your encouragement to those that are struggling with believing and understanding the Easter story, Jesus' death and resurrection? Here are their responses. I don't want to wrap this conversation up because I could talk about this for hours. But final thoughts as we head into Good Friday and Easter, maybe say this, an encouragement to somebody who's struggling. Maybe it is that. Maybe it's like, where was the church? Where were the resurrection people? And I don't want to be a part of that club. Or maybe it's 
I've suffered so much. Where was God in the suffering of the pandemic? Because my connection with God and believing in him is when I see the good things happen and he answers my prayers. It's a wide open uh, last thought. But Jen, I want to start with you. Just an encouragement to somebody that's sitting thinking, man, oh man, is Jesus worth it? Is this somebody I I want to follow? What are your thoughts? I think that one of the images that has always struck me is in the book of Revelation, which I know is very complicated. I'm not sending anybody to go and read it necessarily, but there's this image where there's the, everybody is standing around singing, worshiping, and then comes in Jesus looking like the lamb who was slain. And I, and I've asked myself so many times, what does it look like? Like a lamb that was slain. And I realized that even in the resurrection, Christ's scars were always evident. Um, And so when we feel scarred and we feel broken um, by other people, by circumstance, by the world, and especially at Easter, if we're going, I am so broken right now, um, that Jesus comes to us looking like the lamb who was slain and puts out his scarred hands and his, and pulls us to his scarred side and says, me too. And I am with you. And here we are on the other side of it. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Jen. Karina, your last encouragement. Sure. That's actually one of my favorite images from Revelation 5. And in some translations, it actually says, with wounds still fresh. And that's, uh, that's just such a powerful image. You know, I think about this and I think about Psalm 85 that says, righteousness and peace kiss each other. And that happens on the cross, you know, and there can be unity and there can be justice and there can be peace because God says so. And I think that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, that's those people, you know, the encouragement I think is that we were all once strangers, but in Christ to be adopted into the family of God, that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. And that changes everything. That there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. At the foot of the cross, we can actually truly be one. And Easter is, Easter is a reflection of, of, of who we can be in Christ. Mm-hmm. And who we can be is better than, than who we currently are. And, you know, thinking of those kids who were marching, you know, on the streets all through the summer. You know, what I love about that image and that reality is that some of them who don't think they know or love Jesus, uh, actually, they have the heartbeat of Jesus because they hate injustice and they love Jesus more than they know and they like him more than they think. So if you're listening in on our conversation and you're thinking, this is not for me, if your heart breaks for for the pain of others, then you actually, you like Jesus more than you think because that's his heartbeat. Mm. Oh, that got me a little emotional, Karina. That needs to be shared around the world. That needs to be said loud and clear to people because we have defined coming to Jesus looks like this. But if you're saying to them, you're actually closer than you know, 
you're actually like him because you like and love the things that he likes and loves. That's a whole different conversation than with our usual, like now do this, then do this. And now you're in, right. It's not working, but that to me, Karina, that to me. Wow. It's really good. Thank you. L. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, I, I guess what I would say, be, uh, my favorite, um, recounting of the, the, the resurrection stories is found in the gospel of John. So it's, it's through the eyes of Mary, um, and how she experiences the resurrection of Jesus. And I love that, uh, in that story, she doesn't recognize him, um, until he says her name. And in that moment, I think, you know, uh, Mary feels seen and she feels known and she feels loved. And I've been tremendously moved uh, the last couple of years, some of these justice movements that have been saying people's name and how powerful that is to hear when someone says your name or says the name of someone who has been hurt, or someone whose life has been taken. And I think that Jesus, uh, not to get all spiritual here, I think he's saying our names. I think he is saying our names, that we are known, that we are seen, that we are loved. Um, I think the beautiful thing is there were resurrection people in those marches in the summer in Canada. There were people who love Jesus uh, and serve him who were out there. They may not be the biggest churches. They may not be the loudest churches, but there were churches. There were resurrection people. And, and I hope that people who are listening to this know that they are seen, that they are loved by Jesus and by by good faithful Christians who love, who love Jesus and who love, um, as everyone was saying, love the things that he loves and hates the things that he hates. So I hope that people this, this Easter can come away with a sense that even in the midst of struggle, suffering, everything that we've experienced, that uh, Jesus is saying our name and what a beautiful picture that is to, to grab onto him like Mary, like Mary did and know that we're seen and that we're loved um, even in the midst of these difficult times we find ourselves in. Thank you, Al. And that's the theme, right? See here, love is being seen, heard and loved. <laughs> and it really comes out of that, this need that people know they are seen, they matter, they are heard, their voice and story matters and they're loved. And there's a lack, there's a lot of lack of love in the world. There's a lot of people who are, don't feel that they are seen or mad or valuable or valued and that they're not heard uh, at all. So thank you for that reminder so much. And Chris, final encouragement as we approach Good Friday and Easter. Well, we've all, we, everyone's shared scripture. So I guess I, I kind of should as well. It, it only, it only makes as sense. As a pastor. Yes, yes. It only makes sense. <laughs> Dr. Seuss wins. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hey, I love Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, uh, my, one of my favorite stories is uh, the um, road to Emmaus and the two men, they're walking and they're just, they're recounting what's gone on. And it feels, it feels so like now they, they are recounting all that happened with Jesus death. And now, and, and now, so apparently the body's missing. Like they're talking about this, this story as they're walking and Jesus shows up and they have no clue that, he, that who he is. Very similar to what I, I was saying. I, I look at John and Mary. They have no clue who he is. And Jesus is so funny. He's like, what happened? Tell me. I'm curious. I don't know who this, who's this Jesus guy? And they tell him the story and he go, they, he leaves. They go, no, come stay with us. And he breaks, no story. He breaks bread and they, their eyes are open. And dear, our hearts not burn. 
right? And uh, Karina and I, we worked with a similar, of the same lead pastor who we called it Holy Heartburn. This idea of this moment where they are just enthralled with the, the idea of Jesus was with us. And then they run back towards Jerusalem and they tell people about the story because they're just moved by it. And to any of us who've kind of been walking, recounting this year, recounting all the difficulties I've gone on in your life personally, what's gone on in our, in our world so, sociologically, um, Jesus is right there with you. He's right there with you. You might not recognize him because he's not as we have, we as the general church have presented him year after year and time after time, but he's right there walking with you. And at that moment where you least expect it, your eyes will be open and you're like, oh my goodness, I knew it all along. I knew there was something different. I knew it. And that, that moment changed my life. I, 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 can, I think I can say confidently it's changed the lives of all of us on this Zoom call in this, in this moment that the lights came on and it just changed everything. And we could not, there's been struggles along the way, but we couldn't help but tell the story. And if you've been walking, just recounting this year and it's been difficult, one, yep, me too. And, and, and two, and yet as we recount, he is right there walking with us, asking us questions, keeping us company and, and waiting for us to invite him in for a meal so he can actually really do that impactful work in our lives. So be encouraged. He's, you're not alone. Mm. Oh, it's like, I have to take a moment to just take all what you said in. This was actually one of the best sermons I've ever heard. So thank you. Thank you for bringing me to church, all of you. But I appreciate this. I appreciate the honesty, the openness, the process and journey you're all on. Uh, the, the suffering that you have experienced. And I think the richness in the experience that can connect with your congregation and the people that you influence and love. I think there's something just deeply good in that you are experiencing the same thing as they are, as we are, and can speak from the pulpit or, you know, over Zoom to them. Uh, I really am grateful for you. I'm grateful for your leadership your shepherding, your preaching and speaking, your influence and love that you show every day uh, to your congregation and to the people that you serve. And I'm getting so emotional because I just, um, I'm just thankful. We need more voices like yours. So thank you. Thank you for being with me here on See Her Love. Thank you for being with me as we approach Good Friday and Easter. And I think for me, it was a lot of learning to even prepare myself as we go into this, uh, this weekend and God bless you and know that we will be cheering you on as you lead. So thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you so much, Elle, Chris, Karina, and Jen. Thank you for lending your voice to our two-part series on our present suffering and what it means to be a resurrection people. You are all so terrific. And here now is Reverend Lisa Pack global strategist for finishing the task, sharing her thoughts from scripture verse, John 11, 25 to 26 from The Good Word. Thanks, Mel. In today's passage from John chapter 11, Jesus is speaking to Martha and note that her sister Mary does not come out to meet Jesus upon his arrival. Both are grieving the death of their brother Lazarus. In her mourning and pain, Jesus tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. 
The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he proceeds to ask her, do you believe this? It's a bold statement and an odd question to ask a sister who has endured the passing of her beloved brother. She was with Lazarus when he suffered from the illness and as he took his last breath. She had gone through the pain of losing a loved one, even reaching out to Jesus beforehand so that this death might be prevented. She knew that Jesus could heal Lazarus if he willed it. So when Jesus finally does arrive, there is pain in her voice. She had called for Jesus when there still was a chance to save her brother, but now it was too late. Lazarus was dead. It's in this moment that Jesus challenges her worldview. What does it really mean to believe in the resurrection and life eternal? Resurrection also means that there is death and death necessarily precedes the resurrection. We see this not only in this narrative, but also in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And before his own resurrection, in this miracle, Jesus demonstrates that there is a power that even death cannot overcome. God is powerful over death. God is the living God. Death does not and cannot stop life. Rather, because of Christ, through Christ, physical death transitions us into eternal life. In that sense, Jesus is the resurrection and life. Do you believe this? In this Easter season, for all the loss and pain, in the midst of our own personal spiritual journey, the loved ones lost, and quite frankly, knowing that no one lives forever on this side of heaven, Christ calls to us and reminds us that he is the resurrection and the life. Do we truly believe this? Wow, such an encouraging, inspiring show. Thank you again, Elle, Chris, Karina, Jen, and Lisa. Well, I hope you enjoyed our part one and part two of our present suffering and what it means to be a Resurrection People series, as much as I did. And as we listened and learned about our suffering and Jesus' suffering, and we discovered and rediscovered what it means to be a Resurrection People and community that loves God, others, and ourselves deeply, unconditionally, and with much kindness. Well, we'd love to continue this conversation with you. So for more Easter resources, blogs, and additional content, go to seeherelove.com and stop by and say hello on our website as well. And as you go about your day, in all the decisions that you make at home and work, in all your interactions with people that you meet, in the way that you speak to yourself, in the way that you lead, in the way that you love, always know you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.